Welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I want to take you into the kitchens of some of Melbourne's most fabulous restaurants so you can hear the backstory to the food the chefs are putting up. Today's chat is with Eileen Horsnell at Napier Quarter, the cute bluestone wine bar on the corner of Napier and Kerr Street in Fitzroy. Eileen and I sat down to chat by the open sash window with the afternoon sun glowing on the buildings opposite and deliciousness wafting out from the kitchen. After the chat, owner Daniel Lewis helped style my portrait taking, brushing away any stray dust from the outside wall and from Eileen. This felt like family and it felt like home and I like that a lot. So Eileen, just forget that that's even on. Yes, so well. Um, now I just was doing a bit of reading and I hadn't really realised, I'm sorry I hadn't realised, but um, that you started here and then you went away and then now you've come back. Yes. That was, a, was it like coming home again? Yeah, well I worked with Dan at Pearl in Brisbane, so he owned a um, history slash cafe in Brisbane called Pearl. Yes. Um, and I ran that, I was a head chef there for around three years. Um, I told him I had plans to move to Melbourne and Dan told me he had plans to open a wine bar here, which is exactly what I wanted to come down and do. So I moved down here and helped him open this yeah. with Simon. Um, and at that stage, it was like I'd come to Melbourne and um, I guess I didn't really know many people in the industry. I'm working in quite a small space. It was good, but I wanted to sort of get out there more. Yeah. So, um, so I worked here for around six months uh, and then I decided to go to Lume. Um, I'd worked with Sean in the past as well. So I worked with him at Bioda and Urbane in Brisbane and Bioda and Barrel. Um, and he asked me to come and work with him at Lume. So I did that for around two years and then Dan and I, Dan, Simon and I had a conversation and we decided that I'd come back here um, with plans to do more things together because we've known each other for, well, I've known Dan for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, I guess we share this, a similar um, idea and we, I guess, value the same things about food and about the industry. So coming back here, yeah, was like coming home again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you... Um I mean, it must be quite good when you have something that becomes iconic. Like, everyone talks about your rye bread with the olives. And the, <laughs> the, 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 your rye bread and the olives, the sort of dish that you do with that. So you, was it your the anchovy toast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone was saying it's like the most, one of the most photographed <laughs> items uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, so. I, I want to take it off the menu. Um, <laughs> it was a really simple dish that we put on, I think, a month after opening. And it was a dish that we're like, we can go from breakfast through to dinner. And it's so simple. It's rye bread with egg and anchovy and like a salsa verde type of sauce. It's so straightforward. And people just started really loving it. So then we kept it on. And then, you know, I guess like Dan put it in that it went into the uh, broadsheet recipe book and that sort of thing. So oh, no. <laughs> I've been like. It's like one of those, um, is it a, um, the Hollywood star thing, like when they get their star in the con- or their, fo- their handprint in the concrete, that's you now. You're yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think, and now I'm like, okay, it's time to move on from that. So maybe um, we have like a very regular local um, clientele here and that they might miss it to start with, but I'm sure I'll find something just as good to put on in its place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange thing to become 
the dish of the restaurant, yeah, basically. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe it is just about its simplicity and that, um, yeah, the balance of flavours and so on. Mm. And yeah. it must look pretty as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's toast with the egg and then gravy. But yeah, I'm like, oh, why do people still go on about that? So yeah. let's, um, I guess that our next step um, at the moment is we, we're all in a, on the similar page, Dan, Simon and I, we just want to take it up a notch. So okay. we've been open now in, in November. It'll be the third year. Okay. Um, and we've sort of run, and it's still going to be quite <laughs> simple um, and if, with what we do and still focusing on um, the producers, the, the farmers, the artisan, all of that, except we want to just put a little bit more elegance and I've got quite a great kitchen team, so we're going to step it up a notch. Okay, nice. Yeah. So you're going to move, because you just got the time out, best casual dining. but Yeah, we want to still keep casual, we yeah, want to say casual dining, casual wine bar, but just, um, I guess, a, a tiny bit more elegant nice. than what we've been doing. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's nice. Like, the chefs I talk to talk about, you always want to be evolving and having new things, like learning new things and mm-hmm. trying out new things. And I guess it's, you know, that's a part of the the process and it makes it more interesting to come to work I guess as well. Yeah well we're always going to keep a similar structure here and then if we do want to branch out and do something more then we'll start another business but we can still um, I guess get more finesse and um, you know put a little bit more focus into the food once we get more kitchen space because at the moment we've got a I don't know. Is that three square meters to cook in? It's tiny. Yeah, it looks a bit like a, like a horse <laughs> stall, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite small. It's lovely with the <laughs> and the dried herbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. So it's it's quite a small space. So we do with what we can in that yeah. space. Um, but we're opening up the guest house next door, which we've got a small kitchen space in there. Which when we don't have guests, we're going to be using that space. Okay. Yeah, basically prepping all day and then service from five o'clock. And you know who's coming in because it, it's all pre-booked. pre-booked. Yeah. 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 So it's, you're preparing all day for something set that you know and it's very structured and that's how you're running the kitchen each day. Yeah. So here it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. We're open from eight o'clock all the way through to 10 o'clock at night. So yeah, there's no... There's no, it's not, there's not the time like there is at Lume to spend on each dish. No. As, yeah. Yeah. So, but so I wanted to move yeah. away from fine dining and get back into more casual dining. Yeah. For me, it's more sustainable in my career. Mm. So. Yeah. I was talking to um, Dan Hawkins at um, Prince Dining Room yesterday. So he's an ex Kiwi chef, but he's been here quite a long time. But we were talking about that whole because they run a whole lot of stuff for their staff that they're doing yoga together and going down to the, you know the the baths and so on. But we we're talking about how we we often mention sustainability as in, ter- in terms of the food that we're using and so on. But it's about staff as well, and I think definitely for chefs, mm-hmm. I think it's such an intense job that it is really important to put things in place. I guess so that it is you know you've got that balance and you're not 
Yeah. I, I, at Lume, I started doing, with the chefs there, I started doing yoga as well. We did it um, one day a week. Yeah, nice. The team there works five days a week all together and very long hours. Um, here it's more, it's, I guess, more sustainable for the people that work here because we do much less hours. Yeah. Um, but none of us sort of cross over and work together, so it's unfortunate in that way that we can't really do any group activities because it's always there's always going to be one of the shifts here when you're on your time off. Yeah. But it's more sustainable in the fact that you have, I guess, a life work life balance. Yeah. So in time to do, you know, I've got more projects going now with like gardening and getting more into that so which is great for me because otherwise it's just all kitchen and I want to do a bit of both I want to understand the produce a little bit more as well so yeah that's my own personal projects at home I think it's really interesting because um you know, I speak to people like Annie Smithers, you know, out at Trentham, and she grows, um, I think, 95% of the produce that she uses. And she said it's given her a, a different respect for the vegetables. Like, you want to use it all and not waste it. And kind mm-hmm. of really aware that when you've grown something from a seed until it's on the plate, that there's a kind of almost like a relationship there as well. There's much more. And, and that's why I've always had a strong relationship with farmers mm. as well. Yeah. Um, we use. Um, Days Walk, which you can never find them anywhere because they don't have a website or an Instagram or anything like that. We use Somerset Her- Heritage Produce. I use someone called Citrus Prime and get all of our lemons, and he does experimental farming. And then we use Romaro, bits and pieces from them as well. So each of those delivers, so we're basically getting four days a week delivery from different farms. And I've, I go and visit these farms, and so I have the relationship of what they're doing as well as what we're doing. And, and I always train my staff to have complete respect of all of the produce that comes in because we focus so highly on um, the, the produce rather than the technique more. So it has to be respected and also the staff need to be educated about where it's coming from and, and how we've selected it and it's extremely seasonal. Like we're only going to use something if we're getting it. I base the menus that I write on what the farmers are growing right now. Yeah. So rather than I've created this dish and now where do I get this produce? So Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I think it quite a few of people I've spoken to are talking about that how it's a sort of a shift or it's sort of like the opposite of what used to happen with especially with the French gastronomy mm. is you've got a recipe and then you find the produce to, to match that now that you're working with the producer and, and seeing what you can do with that rather, yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. the way and, to go. and there's so much like um, so much amazing produce here that I'm um, I, I much prefer using I guess because I'm I am more European influenced. So when I was living in Queensland, obviously there's a lot more tropical produce available, but I'm not really Asian influenced that much. So yeah. it didn't suit, I guess, me and my menus as much. There's still quite a lot of amazing farmers up there that I was using. Um, but I would also go straight to the veg markets and, and get my own produce twice a week from there. And obviously it's quite tropical. So yeah. So moving down here, I was so like, oh my god, I can get everything locally that I love using. Yeah. Um, and and it was like a, a definitely a, um, I guess a learning curve because I was so familiar with everything and all of the suppliers and all of the farmers and everything in Queensland. And I moved down here and I was like, R32, and then in this new place where I didn't know anyone and no one knew me, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to get myself out there. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you, 
So how long did you cook in Brisbane? How were you? How, did you always want to be a chef? Is that what you I've always done? In Sydney. Oh, you grew up in Sydney. Yeah. Oh. And I moved to Brisbane. Yeah, I always wanted to be a chef. I always cooked from a child, basically. Yeah. Used to like create my own cooking shows at home when I was like a small yeah, I child. Used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Camera too. <laughs> yeah. Pretend I was on yeah. yeah. Um, which it's funny when I talk to a lot of chefs, a lot of them did that when they were kids, and I'm like, are we so we are we sad? But I think there's so many chefs did that. Um, and my nana, I guess, inspired me the most. She had a huge veggie patch, like a huge veggie garden, and was an ex farmer. Um, growing up so she taught me a lot about farming um, and we used to go out and pick all of our vegetables and then make cook from there and she used to make like stocks all the time and you know soups and chutneys and all of this sort of thing so I learned that from her and then when I started cooking it was sort of like I I understood food and I understood produce really well because I'd just sort of been brought up that way yeah 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 Yeah. so I got into it quite young I left school quite young and then didn't really um got into it quite young but I think was too immature to grasp what I was doing and so I guess in my 20s that's when I was fully into it yeah so I say my career started more in Brisbane than okay. I did. Yeah. yeah. And then when I moved down to Bowral to work at Biona, I lived there for just under a year and then went back to Brisbane again. But it was always a plan to come to Melbourne. It just took longer than expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I was really enjoying, I really loved working at Pearl for Dan. And I spent a long time, you know, I, I went there thinking, I'll work here for a year and then I'll move to Melbourne. And three years later, I was still there. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to move now. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of, um, you know, teams or at least parts of teams staying together in places. Because I think, you know, like hospitality is kind of, I feel like it starts with the people and the, and the, the nice experience they're having of working in a place and they want to stay there for that amount of time and you obviously you know, have a good relationship with people you work with and then I feel like that's passed on through the food. <laughs> yeah. You can definitely tell that Dan and I have worked together uh, for a really long time and the way that, um, you know, when we're coming up with ideas and thinking about future plans together, it seems to flow really easily because we're both on the same page about yeah. a lot of stuff. You know, we fight like siblings sometimes, but not <laughs> not in a bad way. It's always resolved and we always end up um, coming to a, a, a similar idea. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, hospitality and I, I guess restaurants are like family. Any sort of restaurant that you go and work in, you spend more time at work than you do usually with your partners or Fam, other your real family. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you eat together, you drink together, you work together. It becomes a family. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear you can read the full conversation on www.conversationwithachef.com and you can also follow me on Instagram so you can keep up to date with the latest conversations. See you next time.